Welcome to the Friends of Israel Today. I'm Steve Conover. With me is our host and teacher, Chris Katulka. Steve, we got a great show lined up. We have Abigail Levitt. She's an archaeologist in Israel, and she was actually on the team that found the Ebal curse tablet, which actually made international news just a few weeks ago. Abigail is a close friend to the Friends of Israel. Um, she actually has a unique connection to us and how she got started in archaeology. So we're going to hear all about the Ebal curse tablet, what this find means when it comes to the Bible and archaeology. And she's also going to share how she got started in archaeology as well. It's, it's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. But first in the news, after 800 years, the Church of England finally apologized for anti-Jewish laws that were passed that eventually led to the expulsion of Jewish people from England for centuries. The service held at Christ Church Cathedral in Oxford was attended by Britain's Chief Rabbi Ephraim Mervis and a representative of Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, to mark the Synod of Oxford, which passed the anti-Semitic laws in 1222. Steve, here's my take. You know, it's never too late to ask for forgiveness. 800 years later, even, the Synod of Oxford banned Jewish people from interacting with Christians, building new synagogues, and Jewish people were even required to wear identifying badges. Jonathan Chaffee, the Archdeacon of Oxford, said that the time had come for Christians to repent of their quote-unquote shameful actions and to quote-unquote reframe positively their relations with the Jewish community. And Steve, I know England's not the first one to apologize. Spain also was offering uh, citizenship to Jewish people all around the world with a Spanish background uh, for their apology to them uh, for the Spanish Inquisitions. And this was just a few years ago as well. So uh, I'm sure the Jewish community is very thankful now, even 800 years later, for the Church of England's apology. Abigail, I am so glad that you could be a part of the Friends of Israel Today radio program. Um, we have uh, Abigail uh, Levitt, who's with us, and she is an archaeologist in Israel. She's actually calling in from Israel, which I'm very excited about. And uh, Abigail was a part of a team, um, on a team that recently found a, a, a discovery, an archaeological discovery that has made international news. So, Abigail, great to see you. Great to see you, too. Abigail, you know... I'm interested to know, um, you found this amazing discovery, the Ebal curse tablet. I believe it was in 2020, if I remember correctly. Um, what is this Ebal curse tablet? So it's a very small piece of lead, about um, two centimeters by two centimeters, so like an inch or less uh, square. It was folded in half, so originally it was twice as long, and um, it had a message written on it on the inside. Um, they wrote it and then folded it with the message on the inside um, and sealed it up. So it's a very important find. Um, it's um, a curse tablet. So the, the message on the inside is a, a curse. Um, and it's a curse by the god Yahweh, which is the god of the Israelites. So that makes this a really important artifact. So I remember uh, talking to you prior and you had mentioned that you found this through a wet sifting process. So you were going through and it wasn't something that you kind of dug up from the ground. This was already dirt that was loose and you guys were just sifting through and you came across this tiny 
lead tablet that was folded in half and it's only the size of a stamp. Uh, you know, how, how did you how did you not pass by it? It looks like a stone in, in, in all the pictures mm-hmm. that I see. Yeah. So um, most archaeological digs um, sometimes dry sift. So they'll run the, the soil through a screen and look at it. But we are working with a newer technology that um, once once we've done that and gotten rid of the loose dirt, then we spray down the rocks with water. Uh, to wash away the dirt and make things more visible. And so, yeah, Frankie Snyder, who was on our team, she spotted it. Um, She has a really good eye and uh, somebody else might have missed it. But yeah, she saw it and recognized that it was lead rather than just stone. And uh, so that's how we have it now. Abigail, I know I would have missed it. I know that for certain. You know, that's why we have that's why we have experts like you and Frankie that are sifting through these things. Abigail, I want to read from Deuteronomy 11.29 and get your take on this. It says in, in the law, in Deuteronomy, it says, When the Lord your God has brought you into the land you are entering to possess, you are to proclaim on Mount Gerizim the blessings and on Mount Ebal the curses. Is it significant that we find a curse tablet in Mount Ebal? Uh, and is there, is there a connection between this passage and, and, and where the find was located? You know, I think it's very significant because this is Mount Ebal, the mountain of the curse. Um, the site where we found it is a site that is probably the altar that Joshua built there. There's actually two two layers. One's a smaller round altar that dates earlier, probably to the time of Joshua, and then a larger rectangular altar on top of that. So this is a site that's been excavated in the past. Um, it's almost certainly the site of Joshua's altar, I would say. Um, and so to find an artifact that's a curse that so closely matches what the Bible says that the Israelites were to do, which is to go there and offer curses. And um, it, I don't know for sure. I mean, this tablet has the peer-reviewed article hasn't been published yet, so we'll know more when that comes out. But um, if it dates to that time period, I would say it could very well be part of that ceremony. If it dates to later, it could be a remembrance of that ceremony. But I think it may very well date to that time period. Um, can I ask, too, you know, you, you had mentioned that uh, a peer review has not been done yet. Like there has not been a, a journal article that had been submitted. But your team seems to believe that this curse tablet dates back 3,200 years uh, and that would actually make the Hebrew inscription one of the earliest ever discovered before. And it actually contains the name, like you said, of Yahweh. What, what does this mean for archaeology, Abigail? It's very significant because there has been question about whether um, the Israelites were even literate at that time. Um, a lot of people say that the Bible couldn't have been written that early. Um, the traditional view is that Moses wrote the Pentateuch, but... I would say that most scholars reject that now, and a lot of that is based on the fact that they don't think that Moses would have been literate. So if we find evidence of literacy that early, um, that really changes what we know about that period. What were the feelings when you all discovered this? Was it just another find that day, or did you realize you might have found something pretty significant? Because it took several years for you to get the scans done on this, if I remember correctly. So when we found it, we recognized that it was probably a cursed tablet. These are known, but most of them are from a later period. They are very popular in the Greco-Roman period. So what 
our best guess was that this was a maybe a Roman period curse tablet that maybe somebody had remembered that Mount Ebal was the place of the curse and so had brought the tablet there in this later time period. Um, I think we like allowed ourselves to dream a little bit that it could be something early, but we were like the practical side of our minds were thinking this, this has got to be a much later artifact. That is an interesting question I have, though, too, about archaeologists. You know, you can only dream for so long until you start digging in the dirt and you realize, you know, it's hard to find those. It's, it's you know, not often that you find those gems like what, what you what you found. Um, how do you maintain motivation as an archaeologist as you're digging through the dirt and you're always waiting for that Ark of the Covenant to appear? But it doesn't. But sometimes you do find those. But in, in between those days, Abigail, how do you keep motivation as an archaeologist? You know, I think that some of it is that you do find, even if you don't find exciting things, you do find things often enough to keep your spirits up, whether it's pottery, an occasional coin, maybe an arrowhead here and there. Um, so, you know, you find enough stuff to kind of keep you going. And then there's always the hope of that big find. And when you're, you know, it's hot and you're tired and you've been working and moving rocks and you're tired and sorry, you just think, Maybe today's the day. Maybe we'll find something good today. <laughs> That's right. It's a lot of hope, yeah. right? Uh, hope is an archaeologist. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, uh, you are a part of a team, uh, but there was, a, there was a bit of a gap between the find and then the release of the information. You kind of had to sit on this for a while as an archaeologist. What, what happened? Why did it take so long to get the scans? And why did it take so long to r reveal this information about the Ebal curse tablet? We were in Israel doing the sifting project in December of 2019. We flew back home and then COVID hit. And everything locked down and we could not go back to Israel um, over the next two years. So it sat in storage for a long time. Finally, we got an Israeli friend to take it to Prague. He was able to travel at that point, and um, he took it to Prague where we got the scans done, and then it took a long time to process the scans, and so it's only been in the last few months that we've finally gotten a reading on the uh, inscription. So now they are working as hard as they can on the peer-reviewed journal article that should come out in a few months, I think. And you're studying right now at RAL University as a PhD student um, in archaeology. Is this what you're doing your dissertation on? Are you? Is this helping um, your argument in uh, in your studies at RAL University? My PhD dissertation topic is on the transition from the Late Bronze Age to the Early Iron Age in the Central Hill Country. So I think this tablet will factor in if if it does indeed date to that transition, which it looks like it does, and it's from a site in the Central Hill Country. So this is an important artifact, excuse me, artifact for my dissertation topic. Uh, probably a pretty big one too, huh? You can dedicate probably yeah. a whole chapter to that one alone, right? <laughs> I, I, I think maybe so, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Well, everyone, listen, we're speaking to Abigail Levitt. She's an archaeologist in Israel. We're going to take a quick break because I want to share with you how actually Abigail and I first met because I'm actually convinced that I was there the moment when I saw Abigail become an aspiring archaeologist. You're going to want to hear this story, so stick around and we'll see you on the other side.
Well, we've been listening to Abigail Levitt talk about this most recent archaeological find, the Ebal Curse Tablet. But I want to share with you about a DVD that we have in our store called Written in Stone, Jesus of Nazareth. Many people reject God because they don't believe his word is true. Uh, They don't think that there's any proof that history took place how the Bible said it did. Uh, They'd be shocked to see this film. Thousands of incredible discoveries have confirmed scripture time and time again since British archaeologist Charles Warren began searching for proof of biblical history in Jerusalem back in 1867. This docuseries takes you on site from excavations in Israel to world-famous museums to verify Jesus's life from his birth in Bethlehem to his death and resurrection in Jerusalem to prove that archaeology affirms the scriptures. This would be a great DVD for Bible study for a small group. I really think it'll be encouraging to you. Steve, how can our listeners get their copy of Written in Stone? Yes, to learn more or to purchase your copy of Written in Stone, Jesus of Nazareth on DVD, visit foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org. Welcome back, everybody. We are speaking to Abigail Levitt, an archaeologist in Israel, who is a part of the team that recently found the Ebal Curse Tablet uh, that maybe you've read about. It made international news because uh, they believe that this is actually a 3,200-year-old curse tablet found on the mountain of cursing, Mount Ebal, according to Deuteronomy chapter 11. And also it contains one of the earliest inscriptions of God's name in the Hebrew, Yahweh. So it's a very, very important discovery that Abigail was a part of. But actually, Abigail, you and I are old friends. We go back, uh, you know, at least 13 or 14 years because I was with you in Israel um, when I think I saw you become an archaeologist. I I think I saw the twinkle in your eye. Do you want to share about that for a moment? I think so. Yeah. So I was on a trip with friends from Israel, the um, origins trip. I think it was the very first one. And we had done uh, volunteer work on a kibbutz, and then we toured. And as part of the tour, we stopped at the Temple Mount Sifting Project in Jerusalem. They let tour groups come and sift through Temple Mount dirt. And um, I just thought that was the most amazing thing ever. And I just got hooked on it, I think. We had talked uh, uh, earlier, and it's it's very interesting because... The dirt that we sifted through uh, together many, many Mm -hmm. years ago was dirt that was dug up from the Temple Mount Mm -hmm. um, and it was dumped in the Kidron Valley. And this is precious archaeological dirt. You know, it's not like a dirt mound you find, you know, in a development being built in the United States. This is stuff that's full of archaeological history. And we were sifting Mm -hmm. through it. And I can remember watching, Abigail, all of these different um, participants on our on our tour. You know, mm-hmm. some of them, after one or two times of sifting through the dirt, you could see they'd get a little bored and then they'd go, OK, I'm ready to move on. But you didn't want to leave, if I remember correctly. No, I, I wanted to stick around. I tried to get you to leave me there. and You, wouldn't, <laughs> you didn't go for that one. <laughs> no, we, we had to bring you home. But that didn't stop you, Abigail, because... You came back to Israel, I think, within the next year or so, and you started joining Mm -hmm. archaeological digs. Is that right? I did, yes. Yeah, I actually looked up, um, I was trying to find out, because I like the the Sifty Project, and I actually went back um, the next year and worked there for two weeks at the Sifty Project a second time, 
Um, and that was with Associates for Biblical Research, and that was how I got on with them. And then they went back to their dig at Kerbedel Macotter, and so that's when I started doing actual archaeological digs, and I've been digging ever since. Abigail, we only have a few moments left, but I'd like you to speak to our audience because, you know, the field of archaeology is a very interesting one. It's full of people who are incredibly secular Uh um, toward the scriptures, secular toward God, but it's also full of people who uh, believe in the scriptures. Where do you fall on that line as a a Christian and how does archaeology play out in your faith as well? So I want to be a good archaeologist, and a good archaeologist looks at what they find in the dirt and they analyze it um, based on that, theoretically without any preconceived biases, although I'm not sure that's 100% possible. But as a Christian, I believe that the Bible is true and accurate, um, both historically and theologically. And so I kind of expect what I find in the dirt to line up with what the Bible says, and so far I have not been disappointed. So. This is a good thing. I like that. I like that. Well, listen, everybody, we've been speaking to Abigail Levitt. She is an archaeologist in Israel. She was a part of the team that found the recent Ebal curse tablet. Now, maybe you're thinking, I'd I'd love to keep up with this. How do I keep up with with what Abigail's doing? Well, she actually has a, a, a website that you can go to, and she writes frequently on her blog, which is called Abigail's Archaeological Adventures.wordpress.com. And there you can follow. I keep up with it on, on Facebook. I keep up with it as I go and read. I see all the things that she's doing, her trips as she's going around the Holy Land, a part of various archaeological digs, and, and really some great insight as a Christian and what this means, what archaeology means to us as believers as well, people who hold to the value of the scriptures. Um, and so uh, I, I'd encourage you to go to her website, abigailsarchaeologicaladventures.wordpress.com, and there you can even support her as well in the endeavors that she's doing as she's going to Ariel University for her PhD. Abigail, thank you so much for being a part of our program. And and I, I'm so happy for you. Congratulations on all the, all the hard work. And the Lord is really, I think, blessing your time over there. Thank you so much, Chris. Israel, on the verge of becoming a state, a teenage Holocaust survivor arrives on her shores alone. His name is Svi Kalisher. Little did he know his search for a new life in the Holy Land would lead him to the Messiah. Svi, enthusiastic to share his faith, engaged others in spiritual conversations, many of which can be found in our magazine, Israel, My Glory. While Svi is now in the presence of his Savior, his collected writings from well over 50 years of ministry continue to encourage believers worldwide. Now, Apples of Gold, a dramatic reading from the life of Svi. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Exodus 15:11. Not many people know this truth. Therefore, they live in constant fear. Others, however, are not anxious because they have put their trust in the Lord. I am among the latter group, and so I sleep well and am happy because I am sure of the one in whom I believe. While walking in Jerusalem one day, I met a man with whom I had served in the army in 1948, but had not seen since. Although we had both changed in physical appearance over thirty years, David's first words were, Zvi, you have not changed. You seem as happy as ever. He, however, seemed far from happy. Then he said, 
come with me to a quiet place, and I will tell you why I am so unhappy. I replied, come to my house, then we can talk at length. After dinner, David said, I am sad and anxious, because two of my sons are in the army. I replied, I cannot understand that as a cause for your depression, for I have three sons in the army, all in combat units. How can you be so calm about it, he asked. I would like to know the secret of your happiness. I spoke to him of Psalm 3, about putting our trust in God. This is my secret for enduring troubles, David then asked. How can I trust in God when I have so many problems? I reminded him that even as Abraham was tempted and tried yet remain strong, so we must be strong to withstand the trials we face. You can do this, David, by putting your trust in the Lord our Savior, I told him. I explained that I too had once been unhappy and bitter and no longer wanted to live. However, since I have received the Lord, I have joy instead of despair. As David looked at the pictures of my sons, he asked himself, What is the matter with me? Finally, he asked me, Where did I go astray? Anticipating the question, I answered, First, you must realize that God is always ready to help us, and you can pray to Him as it is written, Therefore I will call upon Him as long as I live. I told him God can help you, and now is the time. He was interested to know how I had come to believe as I do, and I was delighted to give him my testimony. And then I began to read the words of John 3.16, but he shouted, No, this is not the Bible. It is a Christian book, the New Testament. Read only from the Jewish scripture. I explained to him that the Lord Jesus Christ is mentioned not only in the New Testament, but also in the whole Bible. David lives far from Jerusalem so we invited him to spend the night with us. This gave me further opportunity to witness to him, all the while praying that he would come to know the Lord and be as happy as we are. When he left our home the next day, he said, Thank you. I have a very special feeling within me now. I wish it could last. My dear brother, I said, this can't be yours forever. You now know my secret. As you have thanked me, be sure to thank the Lord as well. David departed from our home with much to consider. I pray his very special feeling will lead him to genuinely commit his life to God and that he will grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'd like to thank Abigail Levitt for being with us on the program today. And if you like this week's program, please contact us. We want to create content that we know is encouraging you, enriching your lives, and drawing you closer to the Lord. We want to know that this program is bringing you to a deeper understanding of His Word and His program for Israel. So reach out on the contact form at fyradio.org and let us know how we're doing. Also, for our podcast listeners on Apple, would you please take the time to rate our program? Your comments and ratings will expose the Friends of Israel today to new listeners. So if you believe it's important to teach about Israel and the Jewish people, 
please leave us a comment so that others can benefit from the Friends of Israel today. Now, next week, we're going to be looking at our most recent issue of Israel, My Glory. We're going to have Steve Herzig, who is the North American Ministries Director, sharing with us about his article, his seven favorite chapters of the Bible. You'll want to hear this one. Our host and teacher is Chris Katoka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong, Mike Kellogg, Red Apples of Gold, and I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. Our mailing address is FOI Radio, PO Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio, PO Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. And one last quick reminder to visit us at foiradio.org. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people.